Okay, out of the gate here on the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview for RBC Canadian Open Week and what is the first PGA Tour event to be held in Canada since pre-pandemic era. My name is Will Doctor alongside James Ledbetter. Welcome aboard as we give you the latest as far as golf handicapping is concerned. Led? Doc, I didn't watch too much of the Memorial, but uh, on the weekend at least. But uh, yeah, Billy Horschel got his seventh PGA Tour victory over Aaron Wise. Uh, I had a very good betting week. Uh, best bet hit with a Corey Connor top 20 at plus one, uh, sorry, at plus 200. Uh, had Jordan Spieth top 20 at plus 120. Had a Will Zalatoris top 10 at plus 310. We also hit on Keegan uh, Keegan Bradley over Adam Scott, minus 115. And then I did have Hideki as an outright, unfortunately. I think I also had him in the matchup. I don't remember who it was against. But, yeah, the Hideki face paint scandal was definitely the story from the first couple of days at Memorial. Uh, Doc, I'm you know, you may see this in maybe a college event or a, even a corn ferry, but I'm surprised – uh, you know, you play two practice rounds. How did he tee off really with no one noticing? Because it's not like, you know, he gets off the airplane and just goes straight to the first team, tees off in Jack's event. Uh, you know, you're hitting balls in the driving range. A lot of these guys get their clubs re-gripped, get, you know, the caddies involved, obviously. Uh, but yeah, a little sketchy face paint there. He was using some whiteouts so he could look down on it and uh, see where... Like it was just kind of mimicking what the sweet spot of his of his club would be, and I guess maybe taking a little more spin off it than a uh, than a non painted face would uh, would. But yeah, that was obviously a tough start to the event. But from a betting standpoint, it came back pretty strong with a couple of those picks to place and uh, and matchups. How'd your week go? Yeah, it, well, starting with Hideki, and you know, I had the Hideki top twenty ticket, and uh, his his little arts and crafts job uh, got in the way of that I, I'm surprised you know in a situation like that you don't just ask the uh, you know the club builder to, to kind of more professionally put it on there I, yeah it, it was just obviously wide out uh, so I wouldn't say it was a bad look maybe just a, a bit of a brain fart forgetting to take that out of the bag or switching three woods I don't know what the deal is I mean when you look down at it I don't know how you forget that it would be there I don't know if you thought it was a wasn't a breach in the rules, uh, but I've seen some viral videos where if you like, if you spray your uh, driver face with like olive oil or like put chapstick on it, it like really reduces the spin rate and helps you hit it straighter. I don't think that's what Hideki was trying to do, but yeah, that, I mean, the main thing is all these guys have like tour vans to be able to get this professionally done. And it looks like Hideki, like maybe had a couple, you know, sake shots and uh did some arts and crafts the night before the event started or something that's what i was thinking i i, I thought there could have been a much more subtle way to go about that but uh you know that's uh that's a decky for you i thought despite the fact you know th- that we were watching two pure venues in Muirfield village on the pga tour and then uh pine needle for the u.s women's open you know my annika top 20 ticket was a disaster after two days she actually she had it going a little bit the first day but fell off but as far as the two venues venues were concerned in the two uh you know tournaments i thought the sunday finishes at memorial and the u.s open were relatively boring if we're talking about product as far as the memorial you know i understand Muirfield village was playing a little more difficult but billy shooting even to win in a four-shot blowout uh, is not your ideal finish. I feel. Yeah, it's if, just if you're the bosses at the PGA Tour. 
Yeah, and if you're, uh, that's the thing is it doesn't really matter the venue or who, who's involved. If it's a blowout, it's going to be tough from a rating standpoint. Yeah, I mean, you think about Warriors, Celtics, whatever, one of these games, if it's a 30-point game in the fourth quarter, no one's really watching or interested in it, even though it's a finals game. So, um, yeah, dog, exactly right. So, yeah, you know, but now, to be fair, you know, there were a lot of young, big-name talents in the top 10. Cantlay, Neiman, Homa, Zal, Torres, Berger. Rom had a backdoor top 10. So, you do, have, you do have to, you know, I have to be a little fair to Billy, giving him credit for holding it together um, on a tough day in Ohio. Oh, yeah, 100%. He closed that one out um, for sure. But, yeah, Doc, from a betting standpoint, uh, do you have any hitters this week? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I hit uh, Jason Day over Adam Scott. It was nice to see. Uh, Jason Day have a a nice Sunday finish. You know, Rory over Rom was looking good uh, all week, and then Rory shoots 73-74 in what was another struggling weekend. I was hoping for a McElroy and Horschel Sunday match play situation at Memorial. They had they led they had a little back and forth van- banter at the uh, the 07 Walker Cup when the U.S. beat uh, GB and I at uh, at County Down, but we did not get that rematches. Rory, once again, you know, didn't hold it together on the weekend, just like we saw at the PGA. And, uh, yeah, to make matters worse, Rom shoots 69 on Sunday uh, to beat Rory by two. And that completely destroyed that Roy over matchup ticket. So a little bit of a mix, mixed bag for me last week at Memorial. I'm looking to, um, looking to hit, a, hit a couple more tickets this week. It's going to be a pretty light card for me. Just uh, uh, one bet for each category this week. Yeah. Uh, since next week for the U.S. Open, going to be a huge pod. Uh, my uh, my card will be filled up once again. For sure. Yeah. Same for me. Pretty light this week. Uh, looking forward to the U.S. Open. But hey, Led, one more the- one more note. I think Billy Horschel is probably a major championship away from the Hall of Fame. Your comment there. He's got a FedEx Cup, a WGC. I think all he needs is a major. But unfortunately, you know, he's never Smith sniffed getting in contention um at, at a major championship yeah yeah and he could be looking to do that as soon as as soon as next week um obviously odds are probably pretty short and a little over exaggerated probably after the win at memorial but um yeah the way he's playing he's a tough guy to kind of look past but yeah doc let's do it let's get into the rbc canadian open this is the first time the event is being played in three years because of covid cancellations having said that Rory is the defending champion, shooting a final round 61 to win by seven in 2019. Uh, the field is good this week. It's pretty top heavy and then thins out. Uh, we've got guys like uh, the colonial champ, Sam Burns. We've got world number one, Scotty Scheffler, fresh off a of major, Justin Thomas. We've got Cam Smith. Uh, we got Rory in the field this week. Um, but yeah, let's just get into the golf course. This week, uh, they are playing St. George's Golf and Country Club. And the main thing is, it's a 7,014-yard par 70. So it looks pretty short for the most part. We do have three, uh, three par fives and five par threes. It's designed by Stanley Thompson. From a, you know, the perspective where course history and stuff like that, we don't have too much of it because just like the U S open or a lot of these, I guess, open, um, you know, national opens, there are some, uh, rotations, I guess. And St. George's hasn't been in the rotation since 2010. So doc, I was looking through that field. We had, you know, guys like David Duvall in the top 20 and stuff like that. And I didn't really realize how much turnover there is in the PJ tour. Like 
I don't even want to say there are more than 10 guys from that field in 2010 that are playing this week, right? There's uh, maybe there's some guys like a Matt Kuchar or a Luke Donald. Actually, I don't think Kuchar's in the field this week. A Luke Donald and a Snedeker, some RBC ambassadors. But for the most part, it's like, man, the turnover, you know, from five years to, you know, even over a decade is is pretty big. Um, I think a lot of these guys are, we're not really starting to see those 47 year old guys that are on tour you know there are there still those charles howells and stuff like that but as the game gets better and better you know you, we watched some of the d1 uh national championship uh last week and it's like oh my god these guys can come out and went on tour uh you know they're 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 so good so young now that a 45 year old who's losing 40 yards to a cole hammer to some of these you know summer Hayes longer kids it's uh it's an uphill battle for sure yeah. Yeah, Carl, I mean, Carl Pedersen was the one who won here in 2010. And, you know, it's not even like he's, you know, in his 50s, he's 44 years old. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure if you asked him, he doesn't have, you know, he feels like he probably doesn't have much of a chance to compete on the PGA Tour anymore. Uh, just yeah. by what you just talked about, the amount of talent coming out, the firepower, it's it's a different ballgame, Lud. Yeah. And St. George's Golf and Country Club uh, is regarded as one of the if not the best golf courses in Canada. Uh, the course features a decent amount of elevation change, uneven lies, thick rough, slopey bent grass greens. It's definitely a precision golf course. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting was I saw where the, you know, the people setting up the event, whether it's tournament director or the supers, uh, they obviously saw where the event fell on a schedule the week before US Open. And they are doing their best to kind of mimic that US Open setup. Um, I think that's a big, you know, reason why there might be a JT or a Scheffler playing the week before a major. If they can play something to similar conditions, obviously it's a great kind of a rep to get in before that. So they are going to have the greens rolling at, you know, 12 and a half plus and going to have, you know, pretty thick rough out there. And Doc, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, Carl Pedersen is a defending champion. Last time it was at this course, he, he fired a 60 on Saturday and route to him becoming the eventual winner. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, can't hurt to take a peek at the leader leaderboard. Uh, Carl Pedersen won with 14 under uh, last time they played it here. Other notable guys, um, you know, really only one that stands out who's playing uh, is Luke Donald, who finished, uh, I believe he finished runner up um, last time they had this event. So, uh, yeah, obviously long time ago, David Duvall was in the mix. That was, uh, you know, probably to the end of his run, but, yeah. you know, going to show how long ago it was, but, Doc, the course is obviously tricky to grade out given so many guys are seeing it for the first time. So I think we just mostly want to look at numbers of guys who are playing well rather than freaking out over a course fit and or an event from, uh, you know, 12 plus years ago. But, yeah, without further ado, let's get into those favorites. Yeah. uh, Yeah, we'll we'll go through um, our favorites. Uh, We'll give you a matchup, pick to place, uh, pick to win. Uh, We'll do our dark horse. Uh, give you a lineup to roll with uh, a scoring prediction uh, and then get you out of here with our, with our best bets. So let's give out uh, a pregame.com coupon for the listeners, the coupon code to save 30% off any site purchase at pregame.com is going to be open 20. That's O P E N two zero. That code is good for any sport and any pick package Simply enter the code OPEN20, that's O-P-E-N-2-0, 
at checkout and save yourself 20%. It's that easy. Also, what is easy is signing up for pregame.com. It's literally 90 seconds. New members uh, will get a free $25 added to their cart. You can pick your pro and, and get free picks using that free $25. So go to pregame and save yourself some cash. Okay. I'll start us off here with uh, Scotty Scheffler at uh, plus 850, your master's champion. Makes his debut in Canada this week in his first start. Uh, since losing in a playoff to Sam Burns two weeks ago at Colonial. I already have a couple futures tickets on Scheffler for ne- next week's U.S. Open, um, like I've said on this pod a couple times, and I doubt this happens, but I'm actually just hoping for a slow week from Scheffler so I can get some better some better matchup uh, odds or picks-to-place odds uh, on him at the, at the U.S. Open next week. So I'm out on Scotty Scheffler at St. George this week. Yeah, Doc, I for a lot of these favorites, I need pretty much just like a, a buzzer that's like, eh, like I don't yeah. want it this week. Uh, I think a lot of these guys are overpriced um, in the field. You know, I think a lot of my picks are kind of going to be those second tier guys just because I feel like we're going to get some better value in the 20 or 30 to one kind of numbers versus Scotty Scheffler at plus 850 is a little steep for me. He has finished in the top seven in five of his last eight starts. Obviously, not many guys playing much better than him, but the putter has been a little colder as of late. Um, Scotty's probably a little more interested in the U.S. Open coming up than the Canadian Open. Obviously, he's playing here. Doesn't mean he's not going to, you know, give it his all. But, yeah, that number, that's a little steep for me. And I'll move right into Justin Thomas at 9-1. to one. Uh, I'm not playing JT 9-1 to one coming off a miscut. Granted, the miscut is most likely you know you obviously just won the pga wasn't you know too into the colonial uh week that week but yeah justin thomas nine to one no thanks moving on yeah and on to rory mcelroy at plus 950 out of the guys who are 10 to one or lower i probably like rory uh the most despite the fact that his weekend scoring average has been shocking as of late and uh rory you know he has won the canadian Canadian Open back in 2019 by seven sh- seven shots. Uh, it was played at a a different golf golf course, Hamilton, instead of St. George. So that's pretty irrelevant as far as this week is concerned. However, um, you know this place is a second shot golf course with the third smallest greens uh, on the PGA Tour, and that's Rory's bread and butter. I think if you want a winner out of the seven or eight favorites we're talking about, I think you have to believe that Rory it w- would be your guy at plus 950. Yep. Completely agree with that. Obviously we don't really like taking those favorites, but yeah, doc, I agree. Um, for our next guy, Sam Burns, 13 to one. Sam Burns was 30 to one at colonial. I'm not playing him at <laughs> 13 to one. Uh, I don't care if he has a mulligan each day. I cannot play him at that short of a number. So let's move on. Yeah, I'm out on uh, Burns as well at, at 13 to one. On to Cam Smith at 15 to one. Uh, you know, was another player like Rory who fell off over the weekend of Memorial after posting 67, 68 on Thursday and Friday. Uh, he has not had a lot of success in Canada with two missed cuts and two starts, but neither of those editions of the two Canadian Opens that he played in were at St. George. And I thought uh, a positive takeaway from from last week for Cam Smith underneath his final round falters was that uh, he had the, his best week on the green since his win at the players. I'm out. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be out on him this week only because I would like to see him at 18 to one with Fitzpatrick. 
because he has been dicey with the driver and I don't have a great pulse on how important it is to hit fairways on this golf course. I know uh, there's hardly any hazards, uh, but they do have the second most bunkers on the tour schedule. So I'll wait uh, to play Cam Smith until next week. Let's see if uh, he can get his driver back on track before getting to the narrow fairways at the country club for the U S open. Yep. Moving on to our next guy, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 18 to one. Um, Fitzpatrick is coming off a miscut at Memorial where he lost 7.6 strokes on the greens in two rounds. I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, you know, before that he was coming off a second place finish at the Wells Fargo and a fifth place finish at the PGA championship. Doctor, a guy who's one of the better putters on tour. I think it's, that kind of putting uh, performance is a little concerning. Uh, you know, it wasn't like he lost two strokes for the week. He lost seven point six strokes over two rounds. Uh, you know, would be a pretty quick turnaround to get that kind of putting performance, you know, back on track for this week. Um, so at 18 to one, I would rather him be coming in here, firing on all cylinders, uh, especially with the putter. Um, you know, he is uh, striking the ball well, but Man, I mean, if you're losing that many, I mean, if you're losing three and a half, whatever, three plus strokes a day on the greens, that's like you can't make a four footer kind of <laughs> kind of putting performance. So for him to come in this week and be able to flip the switch, what he's probably going to need is to be gaining five strokes on the field this week. I mean, we expect maybe a little bit of a positive regression in terms of him being a good putter and his putting coming back to earth. But yeah, it's I mean, you got to have a little scar tissue uh, coming in this week after that rough a week with the putter. So yeah, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick is a pass for me. Yeah, I'll talk about uh, Fitzpatrick more in the in the outright section as we get farther along on the pod. Um, for now, we move on to Shane Lowry at eighteen to one. Um, hate to do this, but gonna chase Shane Lowry a bit this week. You know, a guy who has played uh, so well this year. We've I've, I've talked about him a couple weeks in a row now. Top five finishes the Honda, the RBC. Andy Masters, you know, it could be this week. It could be next week at Brookline, but um, a a win is coming very soon uh, for Shane Lowry. And at the very least, I think this week I will have a Shane Lowry uh, top 10 ticket at plus 150. Yeah, and if you're stuck between Shane Lowry and Fitzpatrick, I'm definitely leaning Lowry just because he's been a little bit more consistent over the the season. But, you know, last but not least, Corey Connors, 20 to 1. Uh, Corey was my best bet last week for a top 20 and finished 13, 13th, despite losing a stroke on the greens. Uh, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but my direct quote last week was, I love this bet because he can lose strokes on the greens and still finish top 20. That's exactly what he did. Um, I think he's a bit overpriced this week. It's funny how books see where the event is being played. And if it's like in their hometown or their home country, they like slash their odds in half. I feel like that's exactly what they're doing here. Granted, he shouldn't be 40 to one, but I see him uh, kind of more in that final range, 25 to one, 30 to one range than 20 to one. Um, but he is a former winner on tour. Uh, and, you know, he definitely could have a good week this week, the way he's striking the ball. Uh, he's always a, a hot putter away from winning. So um, at 20 to one, I'm passing, but yeah, he could certainly have a good week. Yeah, it's funny how you mention uh, home country, hometown favorites being inflated. Um it's funny how you mentioned that moving into matchups because I'm going to start with Mackenzie Hughes over Justin Rose at minus 112 on FanDuel. And I'm not going to do uh, the whole home field advantage spiel uh, for Mackenzie Hughes because uh, he's Canadian. 
um, because playing in your home country or home state literally doesn't matter. Contrary to what most of the talking heads will tell you, the bottom line is Mackenzie Hughes, um, you know, is a good driver week away from a great finish. Uh, just like we saw him do at the Wells Fargo a few weeks ago when he finished ninth. Uh, he's really doing everything well this year with the exception of some horrendous weeks as far as the driving accuracy is concerned, but I'm not worried about McKenzie Hughes going up against Justin Rose because um, Justin Rose has missed four of his last five cuts and, you know, him and Sean Foley clearly have no clue what direction they're going in. And also uh, Jason Sobel is on Justin Rose this week. So it's an auto fade there. My first matchup, first and only matchup for the RBC is going to be McKenzie Hughes over Justin Rose at minus 112 on FanDuel. Yeah, I didn't notice, Doc, when you said four or five cuts, I just had to fact check it really quick. That's true. Uh, it's funny how, you know, he finished, squeezed he a, in. He had a good week at the PGA, and uh, I mentally was like, oh, he's playing pretty good as of late. But uh, yeah, not playing as well as I thought. Doc, I like that. I think in these matchups, whenever you can, if you can get the more consistent guy, uh, obviously you only need to beat one guy. So if the guy makes cuts consistently, uh, you know, we don't really. I don't know if you want the guy who's going to win seven out of 10, eight out of 10 times, you know, it's great that Justin Rose can pop up once a month and have a, have a good week, but I'd rather have the guy who's making, you know, seven of eight cuts and going to be right there. You know, it's kind of like match. If they're, if they're playing match play, you want the guy in fairways and greens and puts pressure on the other guy versus, uh, you know, throwing in triples and birdies like Matthew Wolf, obviously not ideal for a head to head ideal for a uh, first round leader. <laughs> and yeah, no, you're exactly right in the sense that I'm going to talk about it with uh, Sahith Begala in a second too uh, later on. But I like seeing guys similar to McKenzie Hughes where they can have these, you know, uh, five, six week stretches where they're really either struggling off the tee or with the irons and still making cuts and finishing, you know, somewhere between 35th and 50th. I like to see that. Yeah. And uh, for my head to head this week, I'm going to take Shane Lowry over Matthew Fitzpatrick minus 110. I just feel like I'm getting the much more consistent player in this matchup with Shane Lowry. Fitzpatrick has had, has had some good results as of late, but he's also missed two of his last four cuts. Like I mentioned earlier, he's coming off the worst putting performance of the season where he lost seven points, six strokes on the greens in two rounds. Uh, this week we have bent grass greens, which is Fitzpatrick's worst surface. Not sure he's going to get the putter turned around that quickly. Uh, in contrast, we got Shane Lowry. He hasn't finished worse than 32nd in a PJ Tour event this season. Seems to have a much higher floor than a Matthew Fitzpatrick in terms of his his off weeks or 27th rather than missed cuts. We like that. Uh, you know, also this season he has three top three finishes during that stretch. Probably should have won Honda if it wasn't for that kind of weather scenario where it just became you know, a hurricane, the last, the last kind of hole there. Um, but yeah, he's the second best iron player in the field with these small greens. We've talked about this course as being a bit of a second shot golf course. I think the books mispriced this a bit and we're getting a far more consistent player in this matchup with Shane Lowry over Matthew Fitzpatrick at minus one ten. I like both of those players this week led. Uh, so, so can't argue with you there. It's, you know, bit of a coin flip uh in my opinion but i do i you know shane and fitzpatrick both guys uh have really been uh been knocking on the door a little breaking news here led actually uh uh all players that uh decided to 
uh, play in the live golf event next week in London will be allowed to play in the U S open, uh, the next week. Uh, oh, so was that, was yeah. that up? I didn't even know that was going to be a thing. Yeah. Well, you know, the, most of these players are saying, you know, they want to play, uh, McDowell, Westwood, Mickelson, uh, Dustin Johnson. They still want to play in the majors, um, on top of, um, on top of playing the eight event live schedule, um, w- w- which is good. The USGA said they have to stick to their, uh, to stick to their name about being an open championship. So if you, yeah. you and know, Tiger it, confirmed, Tiger confirmed he's not playing US Open too is a little freak. Like it was kind of yes. thinking that was coming along, but he confirmed it today. So keeping up on that, he is uh, prepping for St. Andrews. Yeah. I think he's going all in there. Prep, uh, prepping for St. Andrews and then hinted at that, the new program that's going to be the week before the open. That, yeah, what is that? Is that like an official event or? Yeah, I, I think it's the, it's kind of like the European tours like version Capital one? Of, of the Bing Crosby. <laughs> yeah. <Well>, Capital one. <laughs> yeah. Match. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, back to the RBC, my one pick to place, uh, for this week, is going to be Rory top Rory McIlroy top five at plus 200. Um, on DraftKings Sportsbook. And Rory has always loved Canada over the years, won this event at Glen Abbey in 19. Like I said, the last time this event took place prior to COVID. And and you've heard me talk about Rory. You know, he struggled over the weekends and has been unable to close as he's racked up three top 10 finishes in his last four starts, which is incredible. And I think at the very worst, you know, Rory uh, finishes fifth this week at St. George. He, you know, he's determined to finally break out of this eight plus year major championship slump next week at Brookline or at St. Andrews for the open uh, where so many of the games greats have won. And the numbers speak for themselves on this Rory top five ticket over his last 12 events. Rory is first in strokes gained total. He's first in strokes gained off the tee. He's fourth in strokes gained approach. And don't let me forget that, you know, the putting is continuing to trend under the watchful eye of the putting guru, Brad Faxton, I love it. I love where the stroke's going. Um, you know, it, it looks great. It looks smooth. It looks composed. Uh, so my one pick to place this week is going to be Rory McIlroy at top five, plus 200 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Love it, Doc. And for I got two picks to place here. I'm going to take Adam Spenson, top wow. 40, plus, plus 225 on DraftKings. Yes, he is Canadian. Let's not read too much into that. Anyways, Adam Spenson has kind of been up and down all season, but this is a guy who has made three cuts in a row heading into this week. He's picked up strokes on the greens in all three of those starts as well. Uh, He's been struggling with the ball striking more than he has early in the season, but I think a top 40 at plus 225 is a good number for him. And then my other pick to place is going to be Brandon Wu, top 20, plus 750. I think we got the kind of the crazy uh, overreaction again. Brandon Wu was in the top 10 after two rounds at Memorial and then shot 80-80 on the weekend. Obviously not ideal coming in here, but, you know, if he shoots 73-72 uh, on the weekend at Memorial and finishes, you know, top 20, this number is way different. Uh, Doc, as you know, golf is like such a weird a weird sport. Um, you know, 36 holes ago, you would have said, oh, this guy's playing great. He had a great week in Mexico, made the cut to 18 tees, game's trending the right direction. You know, he's gained strokes off the tee in five of his last six starts. And on a course uh, that you're going to have to hit fairways at because, um, you know, we've seen there's going to be some thick rough out there. I think that should fit nicely. And then, yeah, kind of like what I was talking about, golf is a funny game. 
I'm not worried about a terrible week at Memorial, terrible weekend at Memorial on an extremely tough golf courses. I mean, you had guys shoot a lot of guys shooting the high seventies. If you get out of place on that at Memorial, you just get exposed. And you know, that's kind of what happened. Uh, like I said, if he shot even on the weekend, he finishes top 10 and his price is plus 250. So on a guy that has shown he can contend out here, you know, pretty recently, I think top 20 plus 750 is a crazy good number for, you know, a, a good young player like Brandon Wu. So uh, let's take advantage of the a little bit of the overaction by the books. Yeah, I'm going to have B. Wu in my lineup. Uh, I really it. like him this week. Up in Canada, pure ball striker, these small greens. Uh, I think that's a good pick. Uh, on to our outright winners uh, for this week. I'm going to have three. I talked about Rory in the favor. It's going to sprinkle that plus 950 number. Um, you know, also going with uh, two other guys out of the favorites. I'm going to go with Matthew Fitzpatrick at 18 to one on BetMGM. Um, you know, I haven't played Fitzpatrick since he missed the cut at the RBC Heritage. And this is what he's done since second at the Wells Fargo, fifth at the PGA. Uh, you know, this weaker field just might be the difference for Fitzpatrick to break through. Uh, and his first win on the PGA tour is he, um, is probably the best player out there without a win here on American soil. Uh, but you know, I feel Fitzpatrick is really a player coming in, um, on all cylinders right now, top 10 on tour of the last three events and driving and approach and let even top 10, you know, and chipping, you know, doing the whole cross-handed thing. It's, uh, it's working. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was a hater of it, but, uh, you know, eventually if you look at the stats, I guess it's working for him. So I get, you it, know, I it, that. It, it makes me nervous, you know, watching him at Jack's place last week, you know, some of those ridiculous chip shots you have to hit out of the rough and yeah. sets up cross-handed. I get nervous. I'm not sure it's going to be the formula when it comes to winning major championships. Uh, but I do have Fitzpatrick this week to win, uh, the RBC at 18 to one on bet MGM. My second one, uh, you got a comment on that, on that letter? No, no, I was just thinking like cross-handed, uh, you'd assume like next week, if it's like super thick rough and you have, I mean, at some point, right. He's got that awkward yardage where it's like, is this a chip? Is this a pitch? Right. Where it's like, if you have like a 25 yard, are you chipping or pitching that you feel like you wouldn't be able to get enough speed cross-handed, you know, granted there's a guy at Oklahoma, I guess that plays fully cross-handed, but uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, I don't know if he's done it in the past, but for him to just make that aggressive of a switch and then, you know, be balling with it pretty quickly is uh, you know, like you, you can't knock him too much for it. So it's obviously working. Um but, Doc, let's just switch off with these picks. That all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Yes. Yeah, so for my first pick to win, I'm going to take Tony Finau, 30-1 to 1 on DraftKings. And, you know, we spoke about this a little earlier with the field. I think it's pretty top-heavy. Yes, we have four or five very solid players, and then the field thins out pretty quickly. Tony, to me, is at the top of that second tier at 30-1. to 1. I think that's a good number for him. Tony is 11th tee to green his last 50 rounds relative to the field. He's made his last six cuts in a row, highlighted by a fourth place finish at Colonial and a second place finish in Mexico. You know, after some early season struggles, I believe he had a stretch where he missed, you know, three or four cuts. He definitely was a little lost. Uh, seems his game is starting to head in the right direction. Uh, not only the stats, I just kind of get the feel that Tony Finau could win the RBC. I just feel like that's kind of... Um, not saying there's less pressure because it's not in the U S or there's nothing like that. It just, uh, I think 
you know, he's going to hit a lot of fairways this week, obviously one of the longer players on tour and uh, 30 to one. I think that's a good number for him. He's a guy where, you know, we'll see him at 22 to one. And we're like, no, thank you. Once he gets into those thirties and forties, we have to start looking at it. And in this field where it falls off pretty quickly, it seems like, you know, if you can kind of get by those four or five studs, he'll be uh, right in there on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about uh, the best players that have not won on tour in this calendar season, he's got to be on the top three of that list. And we're, we've, here, here in the last two minutes, we're about to talk about all three of them. I mentioned Fitzpatrick, you mentioned Finau, and I'm about to talk about Lowry. Who, Shane Lowry is another unbelievable player who's not won this calendar season yet, and that's going to be my next winning pitch, Shane Lowry at 18-1 to 1 on BetMGM. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to stay on Shane this week. I'm going to bet him next week at the U.S. Open. Um, you know, I'm not going to bore you with listing the results from Shane. You've already heard it. Um, you know, I, I like him around this golf course being that, uh, he, you know, he leads the tour, uh, well, top five on tour in iron play this season. Um, you know, I, I really like that number being that these are some of the smallest greens on tour. He's a precise player. There's tons of bunkers, um, you know, second most on tour in bunkers around this, uh, this tree line golf course. So, um, I, I really think this is going to set up well for Shane. So my second winner is going to be Shane Lowry. 18 to one on bet MGM. Yeah. And then for my other pick to win, I'm going to take Harold Varner. He's 33 to one on FanDuel. Varner is sixth approach, sixth around the greens and 34th on the greens in his last 50 starts. His last two starts are 27th at the colonial where he shot 45 on the back nine in the <laughs> final round. Uh, now, if that's a 35, right. It's the same kind of thing. This number might be 22 to one or 25 to one. So, uh, it's funny. It's just, I think a lot of times golf is such an up and down sport. You bogey the first hole, then you birdie the second hole kind of thing, you know, whether it's that small sample or it's like, don't overreact to these kind of these, you know, blow up 18s or blow up nine holes. It's like Steph Curry going, you know, having an O for 12 game. Like he's going to probably go uh, eight for 12 the next game. Uh, you know, we're getting one of the best iron players in the field at 33 to one. I think it's a must play, uh, you know, even mixed in there in his last couple starts, he had a 48th place finish at the PGA. He lost over five strokes on the green. So that was actually a way better tee to green performance than kind of people give him credit for there. Uh, you know, this is a guy we can normally get at longer numbers, but once again, this field falls off pretty quick. And this is another guy that kind of stand, stands out in that second tier, uh, let's not react to that, <laughs> you know, brutal nine holes at colonial, um, Doc, maybe because it's out of the country, Varner won't realize it's a PJ Tour event. He'll, you know, might get his first PJ Tour win. Uh, you know, still, still, well, well, still wouldn't be on American soil, but that'd be okay. Yeah, that'd be okay. You know, you gotta, uh, you know, it's a stepping stone. You won in South. You know, he's one of the few guys, kind of in a number like this, who do have a uh, professional win yeah. on the season. So, you know, if he is down to, you know, going down the stretch. Uh, Granted, you can think about the 45 he shot at Colonial when he's in tension, or you can think about how he closed out that uh, Saudi Arabian tournament uh, with that, you know, bomb he made on the 18th hole, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, Harold Varner, 33 to 1 is my other pick. And on to uh, our dark horses uh, for, the, for the RBC. My dark horse is going to be Sahith Thagala. 
top 10 plus 550 um, on DraftKings. And, uh, you know, I talked about this with Mackenzie Hughes. Sahith uh, rode out a tough stretch of poor ball striking from Corrales to Charles Schwab, probably a, a three-month span without missing a single cut. Um, and especially for a young guy on tour like Sahith, uh, that's huge as far as the confidence is concerned to be able to make cuts and finish somewhere between 35th and 50th on your B and C game. He's had a couple of weeks where the driver's gone over the place or the putting's fallen off on him. He's managed to make cuts, cash a check, um, and continue to climb his way up the FedEx cup standings. And then last week at Jack's place, he finally turned it around finished fifth, um, had an outstanding week from T to green, uh, didn't putt great, but, uh, well, let me double check that. Actually, I'm actually looking at Patrick Reed here. No, uh, so he picked up uh, uh, strokes on the green as well. So T to green and on the greens, it was a spectacular week for him at Jack's place. And um, I really like him, you know, to, to have a high, good finish here at, uh, at RBC the week before the U.S. Open. So my dark horse is going to be Sahith the Gala. Top 10 plus 550 on drafting sportsbook. Yep. And I don't have a degen bet. So I'm kind of making a dark horse to gen pet, whatever you want to call this. Uh, we've been on Luke Donald a lot earlier in the season. Uh, Luke did miss the cut last week at the Mor- Memorial. Um, that course is just honestly just too long for him. You know, he played well the week before the Charles Schwab finishing in a top 40 there. Uh, you know, at 7,000 yards, one less par five, an extra par three. I think that's a dream setup for the fifth best iron player in the field. Uh, Doc, I know I've been, I've been on the Luke Donald train the last couple of weeks here. I know the event that I stopped betting him is the week he'll have his week that we're looking, you know, we're looking for. I think whenever you can get a guy who's a top five iron player uh, in the field at a top 20 at plus 750, you know, you have to just kind of go for it. Um, I think this week, um, given it's one of those shorter courses, it just it should set up way better than it did uh, last week at Memorial. Um, so that's my first dark horse. And then for my other one, Brant Snedeker, top 40, plus 275. Hopefully the longtime notable RBC ambassador turns back the clock a little this week. Brant Snedeker has made two cuts in a row for the first time since January. Uh as we know, Sneds has dealt with a lot of injuries over the last couple of years and is really trying to get his game back. Uh, anyways, this one's a little more to Jen bet, just based on past performance in Canadian opens. Brant Sedeker becomes Tiger Woods when he crosses that Canadian border. Here are his last six starts in the RBC. Fourth, eighth, fifth, 25th, first, and 34th. So all we really need is a top 40 here. Uh, for a guy who has made back-to-back cuts at plus 275, I, I think that's worth taking a flyer on as well. Yeah, and moving into uh, our lineups for this week, I'm going to go Tony Finau, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, Sahith Tagala, Brandon Wu, Luke Donald, and last but not least, uh, the you know I don't think you could pick a stronger caboose to round out my lineup this week. It's the Canadian native uh Stuart mcdonald great finish on kft last week uh friend of the lot, podcast for sure friend of the pod a lot of good mojo c- coming into this week in the home country i'll i'll give Stu the home country benefit of the doubt yeah love that love that um for my lineup i'm going to be taking rory mcroy tony finau patrick rogers 
Brant Snedeker, Brendan Todd, and my caboose will be the Canadian as well, Adam Svensson, uh, this week. But yes, let's get into the best bets here. Um, I'll fire it off with Sam Burns over Tyrrell Hatton, minus 120. Honestly, I don't really see how these guys are in a matchup. Uh, to me, they are you know not even close in terms of what they've done this season. Sam Burns has two wins in his last five starts, also a top 20 at the PGA. He's picking up over four strokes tee to green and on the greens in his last five starts, which is obviously a recipe for some low scores. Uh, wonder if he'll roll up. It's probably a bit of a drive to take that Camaro that he won uh, from Colonial all the way uh, uh, to Canada. But uh, yeah, he's got a new car for sure. Meanwhile, uh, this is what Tyrrell has done. He only has one top town in the season. Yes, Tyrrell has been consistent. He has made every cut this year. But, you know, if, go, if both guys bring their A game, I think Sam Burns, you know, it's going to win, you know, eight or, eight or nine out of ten times. Uh, coming off a win, I normally don't like playing guys because obviously, you know, they might potentially be overpriced. But I think the week off for Sam Burns is important and he should be well rested for this week. And, you know, more importantly, next week, the U.S. Open. I don't think he's, uh, you know, coming here just to goof around. You know what I mean? Uh he, you know, realistically, if he had a good week this week, who knows, even won this week. He's kind of obviously needs to add a major in there. But now he's all of a sudden kind of in the hunt for that, you know, potential player of the year with uh, a Scotty Scheffler. Um, and, you know, Sam Burns playing some of the best golf, uh, especially the last couple months here. Um, we haven't seen Tyrrell play since the PGA, so we aren't 100% sure what shape his game is in. Um heard maybe some live stuff on him i don't know exactly where he stood on that but uh anyways we are hit to a- his personality would suit it you know with the guaranteed money he loves to just pack in you know loves a good pack it in yeah uh, about halfway through a tournament i've fitted him a couple times this year i love that play yeah and you know one more thing Tyrrell Hatton's worst surface putting surface is bent. That's what we're getting this week. So I think that's another reason to give me Sam Burns over Tyrrell Hatton minus 120 all day long for my best bet. Okay. And my best bet uh, for this week is going to be Patrick Reed top 10 plus 400 on DraftKings and the PXG driver. This is the most important thing. The PXG driver is out of the bag. Um, I've, I've been able to keep an eye uh, on P read, kind of get a pulse uh, of what the new setup is like, as far as the numbers are concerned. Um, and here over the last five, six events, the driver has taken a turn for the better. Uh, he, he had that lone miscut in his last, uh, what seven events that came at the Wells Fargo. He didn't hit the ball that great last week. The Memorial ended up finishing 50th. It's kind of one of those things when I, when I look at P read stats, you know, he had a great week at the PGA from, uh, from well all around really except the driver finishes 34th and then has a good week at the Charles Schwab at Colonial finishes seventh and then kind of grinds you know grinds around a 53rd place finish at the Memorial I'm getting a good feeling about Patrick Reed as we head into these last two majors of the season I think uh you know he he is an elite player we, we've seen him go through the struggles obviously the, the three straight miscuts the Genesis the Honda the AP had a brutal Florida swing. Um, but I really feel it, feel it's coming together. He's had, uh, three straight events where he's picking up strokes on the field total, uh, from T to green. That's a good sign. It, you know, he, he had gone, um, 
you know, almost 16 events losing shots uh, from tee to green. So I think Patrick Reed is back on the come up. I, I'm buying early uh, with this uh, top 10 plus 400 number. Uh, so that's going to be my best bet this week for the Canadian Open. It's going to be Patrick Reed, uh, top 10 at plus 400 um, on DraftKings and led my scoring prediction for this week. I got you last week um, at the Memorial. Billy Horschel got it to 13 under. I said 12. Uh, my number for this week is going to be 16 under at St. George. That's exactly what my number was. So now I need to change it. Up or down, lead. Up or down. I'm going. You're going to go with. You're going to go with 15 or 17. 17. I'm going 17. Uh, Tuesday, the course is actually closed to spectators uh, because there was a bit of torrential downpour or unsafe inclement weather conditions, whatever you want to call it. Um, so expecting the course, or at least the greens, to be a little softer than maybe uh, they were planning for. So. As you know, when the greens get a little soft, there are a little, you know, a couple more birdies out there. Obviously, the course plays a little longer as well. But uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll take the over, Doc. Yeah, that you know, the, the scoring predictions, uh, I've enjoyed them, you know, kind of going back and forth. It's interesting to see how over the years, you know, whether the uh, some of these events, you know, the scoring has been a lot lower, such as, you know, the Tournament of Champions. And, uh, you know, some of the events have held true to their, uh, to the way the golf course has been able to stand the test of time led. Yeah. And you know what? I'm changing it. I'm going, I'm going 15 under and I'm doing that because you think about it, right? Canadian open. How do we get this course back into rotation? The one thing they can't have is like 23 win. Right. Cause then it's like, Oh, pitch and putt. We don't want it. You know what I mean? I feel like, that, that's what that's what ultimately happened at, at Glen Abbey. The last two years is at Glen Abbey, 21 and 23 under one. They can't have crazy. that. Um, the Supers get up for this week, right? This is their national uh, national yeah. open. So uh, I'll go with – I'm going to go with 15 if it, uh, and I'll take the under there. All right, Led, great episode here uh, on the, uh, the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview for RBC Canadian Open Week. Uh, best of luck, luck – uh, to everyone with their picks led best luck to you. I cannot wait uh, for next week. U S open preview uh, at Brookline. So much history there. I mean uh, the 99 Ryder cup finished there when uh, you know, the, the U S stormed the, was it the 16? Was that the Justin Leonard putt? Yeah. The Justin Leonard putt was at Brookline uh, when they stormed the green and uh, Jose Maria or you know, he got all mad. It was the ultimate uh, United States victory. And then of course, um, you know, for the average Joe out there, I'm sure you've seen the greatest game ever played uh, about Francis Omet uh, winning the 1913 U.S. Open as an amateur. Uh, so tons of history heading into Brookline next week. Uh, Led, I can't wait to break it down with you, my friend. Love it. Love it. Uh, let's, yeah, let's build a little bankroll for next week. And uh, good luck, everybody.